up, folks? It's your boy Alaska Lucy coming at you guys with another podcast here from Zagreb, Croatia. Hope you guys are doing good. Hopefully, you guys are doing well wherever in the world space you may be. Um, this will be actually a different type of podcast I will do today for you guys. Um, it's been a minute since I've done one, about a, what, about a week? I think about seven days, eight days. So, um, I have been following a lot of couple things, which I'll kind of break down in this podcast. So grab yourself a menagerie. Let's go ahead and jump into this podcast today. So, um, it's been a brief minute, you know, I've been getting settled in here and I will be here for, um, at least till, uh, early October, um, where I go next all depends on kind of how the cards are played out. Like I said before, um, we'll see, um, the events going on in Japan at the moment, Japan opens up. Hey, I'm on the first plane out. I'm gone. You know, I'm going to keep it moving. But if Japan's not open, then of course, South Korea will be the next move for me. Um, so we'll see how it goes. Like I said, I got, you know, basically I have whatever decision I want to go. Um, I really don't have any restrictions. So um, I think that's one of the best things of being on your own in life sometimes. You know, a lot of people, they, they, they seek to have social connections and to build connections with other people and things like that. But I kind of started to realize the more and longer in life you go by yourself, I mean, maybe this is from a man's perspective. I don't know how it is for, you know, the opposite gender. I can't speak on them. But what I'm saying is from my own point is that being on your own can be a great thing. Um, I know at first it was kind of, it took some getting used to after I got out of the military service. You know, I was in the Marine Corps for four years. I built a lot of connections with people and it was like a brotherhood to me. You know, it was like family. You know, I considered them family to me. And I think it's something that you're not really used to once you get out of the service that, you know, you don't have that anymore. You know, on the outside, it's not the same as being in the military. It's not the same thing. You know, you're never going to have that same experience. So I think it's something you have to get used to. And once you get used to that, you realize that, damn, being by yourself is not so such a terrible thing. And, you know, you have the freedom to kind of think about it from this perspective. You know, and I thought about this when I moved to Mexico two years ago. Is, is I was like, man, you know, I could go and, you know, wake up whenever I want. I don't have anybody kind of nagging me. Um, you know, and it doesn't matter. You know, everybody has their preference, but this is for me, right? So, I mean, I, it's a nice thing, you know, I could travel where I want. I really don't have a nine to five to like grovel over. Or I don't have to worry about the house that I got to take care of or, you know, the furniture, none of that stuff. It's just, I can get up and leave when I want, you know, and I don't have anything materialistically locking me down because you got to think about it. it. During these times where people are now getting up and moving to other countries, you know, especially from the United States, if you've heard everything going on there right now. And you're, most of you who listen are from the United States. I know some of you guys are from the United Kingdom and some of these other countries out here. But still, like from the States right now, from an economic standpoint, there's a lot of people leaving that country. And I will tell you right now, some of them really, it's really hard for them to want to get rid of their stuff and leave. And I think that's what's stopping most people from leaving is their houses, those materialistic items, which I'm very grateful now for not having because... I realized if I would have been in a predicament where I got a military service, I got that VA home loan, got me a house back home in Anchorage or out in the valley, you know, I got a piece of land. I wouldn't want to give that stuff up because no matter what's going on in my country, I'd stay and deal with it. But in reality, I realized that, you know, it's not worth it, man. It's just not worth it. Think about it. Think about it from this perspective. You have this piece of property. You may own this piece of property, right? For the rest of your life. Okay. If something happens, what if the government changes their rules? The government can and will at any time change their laws and regulations. 
So what if you pass away and you pass it on to your son? What if something happens to where that no longer becomes valid? What if that doesn't matter? What if they're like, okay, well, if this person passes, now this is our property. What can you do? This is the uh, things that I've consistently thought about in my past couple years of travel now that really it doesn't matter the items you own or whether the things you have, what matters more is how you live your life and whether you enjoyed it. Because think about it. Think about some of the richest people you may know and think about how they, they live. You know, they may have all of those things, but are they truly happy? This is the million dollar question. People don't think about that. You know, like, does it truly make you happy to have those items? And do those items items bring you happiness? You know, that's kind of where I look at it. And I said, damn, you know what? Some of the stuff that I've earned and made didn't really make me that happy. So I'm like, screw all of this stuff. You know, I quit my job and started my business and started traveling. I'm just like, traveling makes me happier. And, you know, being able to do what I want when I want makes me happier than owning a freaking Maserati or a freaking big house. You know, I just, I got into a point where I realized the money doesn't matter. It does to a certain extent, of course, for passive income or to live comfortably. I agree to that. But I think of it as... Should I go and waste most of my life trying to acquire those items or things? No, I don't think it is plausible, let alone in these times, even worth it. I mean, let's be real here. I mean, today you could have those things and tomorrow you can have them and not have any of it. And I really see it like that now. So I think my life is more important traveling and seeing and learning new things and to enjoy the good times that I have in my life as they are than to worry about things that won't even matter to me when I'm gone anyway. I can't keep any of this stuff. That's where I've started to get to the point at. You know, so that's what I like to tell people is, is, you know, when you're struggling to really make that change or change your life or to make that big step in your life to go to another country or to to move to another place or to take another career or maybe anything, right? It could be anything. Think about that sometimes, you know, and really internalize on that with yourself before you hold yourself back, you know, to think about it you're gonna think about it in one or two ways you're gonna go and maintain this house which we're in an economic crisis in the united states right now a lot of people are unaware of it but we are and if you lose that house i mean if you don't pay the mortgage you lose the house regardless so you could either take it one or two ways you could get rid of the house and you just leave or you could sit there and try to fight it the best you can lose all your money lose the house and then end up homeless i've been homeless believe me i lived in a car for a whole year you never want to be homeless. I'm just going to say it for what it is. You do not want to be homeless. So if you were smart, you're going to just get rid of the house, bite your grittiness of being stubborn and move on. I'd rather have take the loss and left than to stay and then fall down with it. It just doesn't make any sense. Either way, you're losing. That's just the way it is, you know? So I don't know. I just think of it as you got to learn to let go of materialistic things, man. I think materialistic things, you know, a couple of years ago, I was very materialistic. Um, you know, again, this comes from the American customs of just being in the States. You know, we're very materialistic. And I think most people can agree with me here. You know, we have we earn a lot of things. We work hard for a lot of the stuff that we own. But we don't realize that these items control us rather than us control them. And I wonder why our lives are so miserable in such a country that they say is so free, which in reality, we don't live in a free country. There's no, I don't believe that anything there is free. I feel like we are very controlled in the environment. That's what it is. And that's kind of one of the biggest reasons I left the States is because I just, I couldn't live in an environment like that anymore. You know, you look around and you see the homeless rate going up, drug use going up, all of these problems that just shouldn't be happening when you have this type of government structure that shows you like, hey, you can go out here and do whatever you want. You can go out here and get, you know, whatever job you want. You can go, basically you can do anything 
without any type of system in a way to keep you down. And in reality, it's bullshit. It's just not the reality that we live in, living in that country. And that's why I had enough of it. I was just like, okay, I've been here for 24 years at the time. I'm like, I could either stay here and go down with the ship or I could go somewhere else and see how my chances are going to be somewhere else. And I went up and made the decision. It was the best thing that I ever did because now, two years later, I mean, I can't complain. I mean, my life is very, you know, stable. And, uh, you know, I never thought that I'd be here at all places. I mean, I have to say, man, Croatia is a very beautiful country. It is, it is by far one of the safest countries I've ever lived in in my life. You know, I was in Norway for a two-month rotation. And uh, actually, it was three months. I was actually there for three months. Wow, that time went by pretty fast. And, you know, I was there for three months. And even Norway, I thought, was fantastic. But, I mean, it's still not the same type of energy that you get here in Croatia. I mean, people here are very relaxed, very chill, you know. I'm not saying that everyone here is balling in money and nobody's saying that, but what I'm saying is, is that like the money didn't matter. The people, you gotta understand, some people think a society is good just based on how much money everybody makes. But in reality, it doesn't mean shit. What matters more is the people and the way they act, their behavior, the way they are as people. You know, the way their, you know, the way their economic structure is, is a big part. But when you really pay attention to it, what matters to me more is how the people are. I mean, I could, this place could have been worse than anybody could have said. And I still would have came here. And if the people were chill, I'd still live in a place like this over living in the States where it's funny that we're so-called one of the best countries in the world, but we have all these economic problems. We have multiple people in poverty. Most of the neighborhoods are run down. The city has millions and millions of dollars, but doing nothing about these environments. And we're dealing with all these issues, right? We have, we're mostly divided. I mean, everyone's divided in that country. I just noticed that just coming back for just three weeks at one point. And I saw how divided everybody was. I'm like, man, I can't live in a place like this. Like, and then you got everybody turning against each other. I mean, that just, to me, you know, I believe the American dream is fake, man. There's just, there is no American dream. I think you see the American dream when you're sleeping or when you're in the ground, when you finally you finally went through your life and you're in the ground, that's when you'll see the American dream because you're never going to see it while you're alive. That's pretty much what I'm saying. So I realized this a couple years ago and I said, you know what? It's time for me to go. And this is what I'm trying to tell you guys is you need to really start looking at other places to live. And you don't have to be in the United States to have the same type of thinking. You can be in any other country and may feel the same way. Find somewhere else to go. Do your research. If you feel like the environment you're in, you do not like, go somewhere else. Go to a country where your values matter. Don't live in a country where you got to bang your head against the wall to find the values that you believe in. There's a country out here for everybody. You need to understand that. It doesn't matter what you are. It doesn't matter where you're from. You need to understand that there is a country out here for everybody. I think nomad capitalists, if you haven't watched this content, definitely check it out. This guy hit it out of the park when he told me that. And I was like, man, I didn't really think about it like that. You know, but again, that's why I left the States because those values didn't apply to me. And I said, I'm done with this place. These values are ridiculous. I gotta get out of here. You know, there is, we don't even really have values as Americans when you truly think about it. That so-called like, you know, that so-called American pride and all of this stuff, it, it just doesn't exist. You know, and this is the, again, sad reality of the way our country has gone within the past 20, 30 years. You know, and it's it's not looking good. I mean, let's be real here. I mean, job layoffs and, 
you know, recession's already here and all of these other issues that I, everyone beats a dead horse on that. I'm not going to get into it. But what I'm saying is, is that go where you're treated best. So, you know, one of the things I want to start doing, and I, again, I'm going to say this again in this podcast because I said in the last one, but nobody's reached out to me. Well, all the people listening to my podcast, no one said anything. And I really want to stress this to you guys. If you guys are looking to go and, and relocate somewhere else, shoot me a freaking inbox, man. I've been saying this time and time again. I can easily help you. It's not like you need to be making six figures to get up and go somewhere else. I hope you know that. All of this so-called, oh, I need in your mind, I need $10,000 a month in order to move abroad. That's a load of BS. I'm going to tell you that for what it is. It's not true. You can really live anywhere with a passive amount of income. If you have passive income, you can live anywhere on this earth. I will give you a couple of countries for examples, and this is a freebie for you guys. So what you, first place you could start at is Mexico, right? I didn't like Mexico very much. I'm going to say it for what it is. I've gotten into that in previous podcasts. You want to know about it? Go back to that one. But I have to say, man, Mexico was a good country. It was very affordable. Um, I would say if you're looking to really lay off of some of those rent prices, like one bedroom for $1,500, I'd highly recommend Mexico is a good spot. There's a couple places I can name in Mexico. Uh, we can get into that. You got freaking Mereda. You got Cancun. You got Playa de Carmen. You got Tulum. You got freaking uh, Mexico City, Guadalajara. You got freaking uh, Monterey. You got all of these different places you can live at. You can even live in uh, um Tijuana. I know Tijuana. People say that uh, Tijuana is a dangerous place. It's not really dangerous. It's, I mean, it's like anywhere else. There's a part of town that's not good, and there's a part of town that's great. You just got to make sure you pick the right place. That's just the way it is, you know? Um, I know a lot of people have too many negative misconceptions about Mexico, which I've talked about that. So Mexico is a great spot. I mean, I think if you really don't want to go too far from the States, Mexico is a good spot. I mean, yeah, Colombia, Brazil... Um, Venezuela, you got some other country. I would say for me, it's just not my cup of tea, man. I don't really care for a lot of Latin countries, and it's for my own personal reasons, just for my own experiences I've dealt with out there. So I just Latin countries off my list. I just, I for me, it's just not going to work. Um, but uh, I think it's again a very affordable place that you can live in. Um, I think as well, you know, a lot of people tell me about Europe that it's very expensive. I don't really think it's expensive. I think it really just depends on how your lifestyle is. Um, another thing that people can change as well when they move abroad, change your lifestyle. If you're in the States, living like a big baller, realize when you're going to some other countries, it's going to be much more. You need to downsize your living qualities. If you do that, maybe your life will be a lot more comfortable. Have you thought about that? Instead of, you know, being like, oh, I'm just going to downtrade it in the States to the ground. That's not a good suggestion, especially if you are living very comfortably right now, but you know pretty soon you're going to be in the predicament as everybody else. You know, 60% of Americans are financially unstable right now. I mean, think about how bad that is. 60%. That's almost most of the country, man. Financially unstable. That is that, that doesn't sound like a place I'd want to live at, man. Especially when the government's doing nothing about it. They're just like, oh, I wipe my hands clean. That's what, that's what some people in Mexico would say. That's when the government wipes their hands clean. That's pretty much what they're doing. They're just like, hey, man, not my problem. They're like, hey, yeah, you live here and you, you have constitutional rights, but we don't care. That's pretty much what your government is saying about you. You know, as somebody who served in the military, I thought of myself to highly, you know, serve in the military to really go have a higher calling for, you know, my country. It's sad to see that that's how the government feels about us as American people. You know, and ultimately to change my decision of why I left that country is because 
if they don't care about us, why am I there? You know, it's just like, I don't have, the government doesn't have to freaking always be there to step in for me. I'm not saying I can defend myself. I can handle myself. I can take care of myself. But what I'm saying is, is that if you're destroying our economy purposely and you're not doing nothing about it, again, with all these layoffs and all these other issues, how can I live in your country, bro? Like, that's just, that's, that's not logical. You know, the healthcare is another problem. I think we all can agree that healthcare, people say it's great. It's not. How is the healthcare great when I go to the hospital? I get a $3,000 bill, man. That just that doesn't sound plausible, man. Versus, you know, going somewhere else where the healthcare is free. Yeah, the taxes are high. Who cares? I'd rather have high taxes than freaking pay $3,000 in healthcare. Every time I go to the hospital, that doesn't sound logical at all. That sounds messed up, man. I mean, think about it. Healthcare shouldn't even be something we have to pay for anyway. Why am I paying for something that is your job as a government entity to make sure that your citizens are okay? Does that sound even logical that I pay $3,000 to go to the hospital? No, that shouldn't even be something I have to pay for. Same thing with water services. Why do I got to pay for water? Why am I paying for water? Water is a human need. Why do I have to pay for that? Again, those are questions you know you ask, but most people don't think about. Those are human decencies. Those are things you're supposed to already have. Those are things you shouldn't even have to pay. But again, that, that's another uh, topic for another day. But I, I tell you guys, man, there's too many countries. You got Mexico, man. You got, again, Latin America. You got parts of Europe, again. Um, you got Croatia. Um, you got, you know, Slovenia, Slovakia. You got um, Serbia. You got many countries over here, man. Man, it's just, it's, the list is endless, man. You got Southeast Asia, you got Thailand. Again, not a country I like that much, but again, if it's it's very affordable, I highly recommend it. You got Vietnam, you got Laos, you got you know uh, Japan, of course. Japan, again, if you're a big baller, Japan would probably be the country for you. Malaysia, um, Philippines, Indonesia. Um, there's just there's numerous countries out there, man. So you just got to take your pick and really do your research. Um, I know Turkey is a very, very nice country as well. People sleep on Turkey. They don't really know a lot about the country and realize there's a lot of good living potential there. Um, there's a really good thing. And that's actually one of the countries on my list is Turkey. Um, I, want to go, I want to go to Istanbul. I hear it's really nice out there. There's some other uh, nice little places there too. Um, but like I said, you got to get out there and travel. Stop being afraid of making that change, that big step. This what-if conception has to end. The more you would have something, the more you're going to go down that endless road of decline. That's what's going to happen. That's literally what's going to happen to me if I didn't move to Mexico. If I had moved to Mexico two years ago, I'd probably be homeless in a tent in Anchorage right now. Back home, you know, back in Alaska. And brutal winters there, you want, you unless you know some people, you know, like you're in one of those little tent um, communities they have up there in Anchorage for the homeless people, you're not going to make it through the winter. I mean, the winters are pretty brutal, man. I lived up there most of my life. So there would have been no way for me to survive on my own living in a place like that during the winter, brutal winter. So had I not made that big step, that big life changing decision, I wouldn't even be living as nice as I am today. I'm just going to say it for what it is. So sometimes making those choices may be hard and you may be scared of the unknown, but make those choices. I'd rather make those sacrifices and choices than to sit there and not do anything at all. I just don't understand why people want to be in a mindset where they'll go down with their ship rather than find a way off of it. I just don't get it. You know, and I tell people this all the time. I'm like, okay, if you don't like where you're at, why don't you change it? Uh, uh, well, uh, okay, well, your excuses is what you're saying. You can get up and change anything. You can do anything in your mind. Anything that you can think of in your mind, you can do it. 
You may think it's impossible, but how do you know if you never try? I always tell people that, man. I've been telling people this for years. People, I, I remember teaching my Marines. This was a great one, I'll tell you guys. I ended up going and uh, <laughs> I ended up telling my Marines. This was in 2018. I told them, man. I said, hey, I'm going to go and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to run my own business and I'm going to travel. You know, I just said, if you're smart, you're going to get your passport, you know. Um, and this was before all this nonsense started. And I was like, hey, man, go and get your passport and just start traveling because... I don't think that you want to just stay in the States most of your life, man. There's too many countries to roam and too much to enjoy. And I want to, I was like, hey, man, I want to go to, I want to go to Japan, man. That's where I want to go. I've been wanting to go there since I was 16, you know, and I told the guys, I mentored them, you know, I was in their NCO and I told them about this and I even helped them do some Roth IRAs and some other stuff. And I remember telling them, I was like, hey, man, go and travel. I'm warning you, man, that's, that's going to be the best decision for you. And sure enough, they didn't listen. But they saw me two years later. They were like, damn, this guy really went and did what he said. I told you, you have to be in the mindset where if you say you're going to do something, you do it. You don't sit there and boast about it to your friends and your family just to make it sound good. And you don't do it. You don't do it. It makes you look bad. And when in reality, it shows that you have a, 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 a lack of drive. You basically just say whatever and you know what i call that i call that a half acid i mean that's what that is that means you'll do things but you won't do things 100 that just doesn't make any sense so now these same guys you know they hit me up two years later at the time well this was two years ago and they were like dang you actually where you at right now i'm in mexico man i moved to mexico like six months ago wow man you've been living there yeah i've been traveling you know i was in dominican republic you know i told him i told you i said i was gonna do it and i did it and then, of course, the lockdowns came. People lost their jobs at the time in Alaska and everywhere else. And they wish they listened to me. This is why sometimes I feel like when you're giving advice, you should take it, man, sometimes. I used to be very hard-headed. I would not take advice from people because, you know, you think of your mindset, well, I know what I'm doing. No, don't do that. In these times, you should not be thinking like that. You should take as much advice as you can get from people because people aren't giving advice like that anymore. Let's be real here. Everyone's being to themselves, and I don't blame them. I mean, think about it. You got a person to the left and right of you dropping off, like, financially. They don't want to go and sabotage their own selves or, you know, open a space for somebody else to take what they got. So they're not as big and open about talking about these things. So I highly recommend to you guys, man, definitely take the advice of others. If it's to better or differentiate your life, go and do it. What What is stopping you from getting up and moving the next step? I mean, if you want to go and keep wasting your life and time, by all means, I'm just here to, you know, speak my mind on these podcasts so you guys can understand that if I could do it and I didn't have much at all, then you guys can definitely do it. There's no excuse. Now you can't be like, oh, I came from money. What money did I come from? My parents never gave me money. I had to work for my own stuff. I've been working since I was 13 years old. I'm 26. <laughs> please, please figure that out for me. How many people do you know on this earth working since they were 13? Uh, there's only but a handful of countries I can think of since they were less than that. Maybe I've been working. Besides that, not many. Most of them were pampered and they had a silver spoon in their mouth. Maybe not millions of dollars, but their parents took care of them. My parents did. So think about that sometimes when you go ahead and complain about going and making those big steps. So that's the thing, man. Go out there and change your lives, man. You know, there's nothing stopping you. The only thing that's stopping you really is not the system or the situation, but rather yourself. And this is, again, why I want to get into the black community about, you know, this is actually a good topic to talk about for some of you guys, because I do see a lot of these ignorant comments as well, which I want to break down. So, you know, 
I do see on these comments, and I'll be watching videos on stuff going on in the States, you know, and I'll see videos about, you know, uh, the black community and some of the impoverished, you know, poverty areas, right? Like Chicago or Detroit, whatever, right? And a lot of that stuff, the comments I don't agree with, you know, a lot of those ignorant and disrespectful comments, I do not agree with. One of the comments I do agree with, though, is that these, you know, individuals can make changes to their lives that I agree on. A lot of these, again, I feel like it's a, for me, it's this. I feel like it's a thing called, you know, and if you guys are familiar with the Tuskegee experiments, I think this is ultimately why these communities are so bad as they are, is because when you are chastised and you are put in the media as a negative stereotype or connotation, what do you think is going to happen? You're going to run with that stereotype because your life is going to be a lot easier. You don't want to run with resistance. You know how much resistance I got in my life just because I ran another direction. I chose to say, I'm not going down that path, man. I'm not doing what the media says I need to do. I'm doing what the hell I want to do. And I'm going to prove and break the mold and break these stereotypes that we have generalized against us. And this is what I do. This is why when I meet people, sometimes they do not like me because they ultimately see I do not stand for stereotypes and I'm not going for that. I was raised better than that. You know, my parents, again, did not raise me the best, but there was some good that I could take from. And that's one of the things they took from is that you need to go and you need to mold yourself into a good man, you know, regardless of any of these stereotypes and this connotation out here. You know, because the first thing that that's the thing, man, is that a lot of people think their lives will be easier by running through a stereotype in the black community primarily. And this is the reason why. When you go around, what do you see? And I used to see these comments on YouTube all the time. I'm always scrolling on YouTube and I'm paying attention to everything that's going on. And on YouTube, I'll sometimes see this, you know. And I thought that, you know what, and the guy wasn't wrong. You know, as messed up as the comment was, he wasn't wrong. I 100% agree with the guy. You know, he's like, why is it that I always see black men dressed, you know, in sweats and, uh, and, and chains and all of this stuff, bro? Why is it that you always have to run with the stereotype? I know there's some dudes out there who really don't like any of the stuff. And people say they do it to make their lives easier. I said, how is that making your life easier? All that's doing is putting a target on your back with this negative connotation. There was a time in the 50s and 60s where you wouldn't see a brother. You wouldn't even see a brother, but in a suit and tie. What happened to that? I'm not saying everybody has to do that, but what happened to having a bit of classism within our own ethnicity? I kind of think of it as a joke. So when I travel, it's embarrassing sometimes because it's like people get like surprised to see me dressed the way I am or the way I articulate myself. And it's a joke. It's, it's pretty sad, to be honest with you. It just shows the problems that we have within our own community. And again, the media plays a great role in that. I won't sit there and just play the, oh, media doesn't matter. It does matter because media is one of the biggest things that we as human beings consume. And we consume media very well. Do I watch the news? No, I really don't. But what I'm saying is, is that TV, when you watch TV and movies, right? A lot of those movies, they connotate a stereotype. You may not think of it, but they do. AKA, watch Friday. You know, Rush Hour, a lot of these movies that I watch, I realize that, like, we really don't have any movie or show that shows us in a good light. There's only but a handful. And those are back in the 90s and 80s. I mean, a lot of people these days are not coming on TV anymore. They're putting all this new stuff out, again, that's generalizing us as, you know, being a victim, which I think is absolutely ridiculous because that's the thing. Again, when I mean running the stereotype, that's what I mean is playing a victim. You know, rather than go and 
break past the stereotype rather than go and get into a good field or get a PhD or, you know, start a business, be an entrepreneur. I'm talking about an entrepreneur, be clean cut. You'd rather run with the stereotype because your life is easier. And then I noticed it again, not only is it coming from that, but for the women as well. I've noticed this from women as well, this type of behavior. And I do not like it, by the way, um, is that I'll go and uh, I'll be clean cut, nicely dressed. You know, I got a dress shirt on, you know, my shorts or you know, I'm always smelling good, dressing good. You know, I always make sure that, you know, I don't do Nike. I don't do Jordan. I don't do none of that BS. I'm a grown man. I'm about 26 years old. I'm like, I need to start dressing like an adult. You know, that stuff for me is like high school. That's that's high school stuff. I'm a grown adult, bro. I got to start dressing, you know, proper. So that's just kind of how I see it. And it's interesting when I'll go on a date sometimes, even here in some other countries. And the women just get so surprised because they don't see black men dressed like this. And it's, 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 it's appalling, man. It's appalling. It, it really is. It's an epidemic to me because it's like, that just goes to show that all people know us for, bro, is entertainment, basketball, and music. That is sad. I said, you've got black chemists, you've got all of these different types of fields and, 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 and professions, and nobody knows it because the media has us so just negatively stigmatized. Like, it's just, it just, it, it makes me just feel disgusted in a sense, because it's like, I'm nothing of that. I'm nothing of the sorts, never will be. And there's many men like me that are out there. And yet, the, as soon as you travel somewhere, you look at them like, what? No, bro. Like, what are you talking about? You know, and then you got to school them on stuff because they don't know. And this is the problem with the media. This is my bias against the media. I have a problem with it because they have, they look at us in a negative light. So then all of these videos coming out about, you know, hoods in uh, Chicago or LA or you know Oakland or wherever right and then you think that's all it is to us and that's not cool man I just really don't like that you know that's why I've been doing these podcasts and these videos to really educate people on what true black men in the center are not this these puppets out here showing the BS about us okay we're talking about real life black men just regular people not these money makers out here these dudes who make money they are selling a character selling a stereotype to bolster money back in their pocket they're not showing you how we actually are as people so i think this is why i don't like a lot of this media you know the the, the coverage of media on us it's not cool man and this is why at some point i want to get a documentary set up where i can go and really show successful black entrepreneurs because it needs to be shown I need to show the chemist. I need to show the, you know, the, the, the professors. I need to show these types of things so people understand that there's much more to, to the stereotypes, man, of, of us, you know, packing below the belt and freaking playing basketball. That's, dude, that's not even me. I, as much as I like sports, I will never have any interest in any of that stuff, you know? So I guess I had to get that off my chest for this podcast, you know, if you guys are listening. It's, uh, I just, I, I don't know, man. It's, it's looking pretty bad, man. And in the States, it's looking bad for black men, man. I think to be a black man in the States is, is like the worst thing ever. I think to really be a black man there, man, no matter how well-dressed you are, no matter how intelligent you are, no matter how, how you differentiate yourself from the stereotype, your life will be miserable there. I truly believe that. And that's what I'm starting to see. So that's why, again, this comes into the, 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 the grand scheme of things of why I left the United States. I felt like I couldn't be myself and people stigmatize me with some bullshit that has nothing to do with me. And I don't like that. I don't like traveling to certain countries for the same reason. Mexico is another example. 
I didn't like traveling to Mexico and living there for two years for this exact reason because they consider us there and in Thailand especially they consider us very unintelligent and I find that hilarious because I'd have conversations with people and I'd make them feel dumb so I'm telling you at the end of the day it's it's time for a change and this is why I, I go and I put out this content for you guys to really think inside of a mind of a black man to know that what you see on TV is not valid it's not it's entertainment like i don't know why people can't understand this media is entertainment it's not made for real life you want to see real life go watch youtube and even some of the youtube content isn't real it's a character so if you really want to know you got to go to the destination to know what's really going on that's really the only way you can know if it's true or not is go there it's like uh, with Narcos. If you watch Narcos, for example, you think Narcos in Colombia, you think it's all drug cartel. It's not like that. You go to Colombia, it's completely different. It's just the way it is. It's all entertainment. It's not intended for real life use. So I think we as human beings have to get that narrative out of our mind. You know? That's why I don't really go and generalize anybody because I really don't know about other countries. If I don't know about them, I can't really say anything. I don't know anything about the place like Croatia. I had no clue about this country, none of the stuff that happened over here, anything, until I came here. And that's when I knew. I learned a lot, and you know, I tried a lot of food, met a lot of people, and now my mind is more, you know, um, my knowledge has grown about this country because now I know about the place, the people, and the culture. So now I can be like, okay, I know how, you know, Croatian people are. And instead of me watching a movie and like, oh my gosh, this is how they are. Oh, I got to avoid this place. Oh my gosh. No, that's not the <laughs> media is not really the best place to find your information. If you really want to know something about a culture or people, you go there yourself. This is why we have a massive division between the United States and many other countries because of the propaganda media posting things, speaking negatively of other countries when in reality, we don't know anything about the place. This is the problem today. I mean, Obviously, let's look at uh, China versus the United States. It's the same thing. A lot of propaganda in the United States against China and a lot of propaganda in China against the United States. But yeah, I watch videos of people boots on the ground in China, Americans or even from other countries, and they talk about how the place is. And they're like, it's any of that stuff you see in the media is a joke. That stuff does not compare to the way the country actually is. Of course, that's why I watch the media, because the media has a very biased view. It doesn't really tell you how a country truly is. You got to know the people in order to know the country. So that's just food for thought for you guys. Um, and don't be wrong. I mean, you may listen to this podcast and you may stay in your, you know, your ignorant or stubborn ways. And that's okay. You know, someday I just hope that you really see people for what they are through their identity, not through a fucking media or a movie or a show and assume that's how somebody is. I think that's absolute bollocks, man. I just, I, I can't, I can't get along with that, you know? That's why when I talk to people, I'm like, you better, you better tread lightly when you talk to me because I'm not the type of person that runs with stereotypes. So you will get schooled very quickly, you know? And, you know, one of the biggest things I loved about being in school, and I'll get into this as well, I guess, for a couple more minutes, and I'll call it a podcast. But I ended up going to school. I was in Alaska most of my life, you know, and growing up there. And uh, parents, my dad got stationed down in southern Georgia. And my parents separated for about two years at the time. And uh, I remember we moved up to Savannah, you know, my mom. And that's when we ended up in a car for a year. And that's a story for itself. So I uh, ended up going to college or high school up there. And I remember for my last two years of high school, 
um, just, you know, I told them, everybody, you know, it's predominantly black school, you know, again, you gotta understand, Savannah, Georgia is a very racially divided city. Like if you move there, you, if you're white, you're staying on the white side of town. And if you're black, you're staying on the black side of town. And if you're Hispanic, you're just off in your own area. And that's the way it is. If you try to change that, you're gonna have a hard time living there. That's just the way Georgia is. You can't change it. You know, if you go to Atlanta, different story, but Savannah is more old money, old like time type thing. That's just the way it is. You know, so when I was there for two years, went to a predominantly black school. That was the first time I've ever been at a school that's predominantly black. I mean, the school that I went to in Alaska, you know, is multicultural. Like you have everybody, black, white, Samoan, whatever. It was just everybody who went to that school in Alaska. So I thought to myself, you know, I was very open-minded from the beginning growing up. So for me, I didn't really care where you were from. That's just the way it was, you know? Um, so I went to the school for, you know, my first couple of days. And, you know, one guy asked me, you know, where are you from? I said, oh, well, I'm from Alaska, you know, from Anchorage. And, you know, they, they, for some apparent reason, just because of the way I talked, you know, how the way I articulated myself, you know? And, I know, and the one thing is I didn't know about slang or Ebonics till I came to Georgia. And once I learned about slang and Ebonics, you know, yeah, it's in my vocabulary, but it's like, I had no knowledge of it, man. Just because, you know, there's black people in Alaska, of course, they're everywhere. But what I'm saying is, is in Alaska, we think differently. We don't think the same as we do with people in Georgia. So when I was there, it was it was, it was was pretty rough, man. It was pretty hard for me to go to that school, man. I actually ended up transferring schools because I would get bullied so much just from the way I articulate myself and the way I talk. And the crazy part about it is, is these black kids, these black men especially, they don't know that they're just being suppressed, man. That they're just being, you know, manipulated to just be unintelligent. And it's sad because they don't see it. You know, it's, it's like, I get it from both ways. You know, I get it from the, the regular people themselves, the way I articulate myself, because I'm not running like the media. And then I get it from my own fellow black men because I'm not like them. It's like, you gotta be kidding me. It's like, I'm in the middle. It's, it's crazy, man. I, now I can understand what biracial children go through day to day. I truly understand it now, especially in the States. I can understand it. So it's, it was crazy, man. And uh, yeah, for like, I'd say those two years, man, I ended up changing schools, went there, was no different, came back to the other school because the other school was worse and it was predominantly black as well. And yeah, I caught hell, man. You know, you need to understand that uh, that's the way Georgia is. And some of the other states in the South is, is that, if you are very articulate as a black man, you know, you carry yourself up, they think of it as white talk. And there's no such thing as white talk. It's called being intelligent. It's called bringing some type of class to yourself, which I think is a lack of, 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 of education in our community. And it's because the teachers they do hire for the education are from some podunk town off in the boonies. And they're not trying to teach these kids anything. And then it starts also at the, the household. The household is one of the biggest places to raising your child and, and then sending them to school, right? And at the house, it starts there. If they're not learning the proper education or how they should be carrying themselves as children, what do you think has happened? And then these are single households, single parents raising these kids. So then what do you expect happens from there? They're not gonna have time to raise them properly. And then the ones who do have time to raise them properly don't raise them properly anyway. So this is the problem. I think this is the massive problem within the black community is that there is a lack of education. There's a lack of parental direction. And I think until that changes, you're gonna have guys like us who come out of the mold of all of that. And we, we, we end up doing well for ourselves and educating ourselves. Not just from the books, it's from life itself. 
and you'll catch hell. Like I'll even travel sometimes. I'll meet a black dude sometimes. And sometimes we won't even get along because I see the type of, of, of uh, stigmatism he already has against me just due to the fact that I speak the way I speak and the way I carry myself. I don't carry myself like some, I guess you can call it in a terminology, some hood Negro or something like that. I'm not like that. I may have lived in it for about two years, but at the end of the day, I didn't let myself be conformed that way. I was not going to sit there and, and, and run with the way the society already wants me to be. I'm never going to be like that. I don't care till the day I die. I've been raised the way I am and I'm not changing it for nobody. And I think people need to understand that. That's why I laugh at some people because they want me to, you know, hop and dance and shook and jive is what we call in the States, you know, shook and jive. That's old term for like basically, you know, being a, a, being an entertainer, like a puppet, just go and do whatever they want you to do. I'm not doing that. I'm doing what I want to do. And I'm talking the way I want to talk and I'm, I am how I am and I'm not going to change that. You know, so I think that's a good story for you guys to kind of understand, I guess, the dynamics of why the community is so messed up, you know, and I could care less about the Ebonics, okay, that I don't care about, it's the fact that the lack of wanting to learn anything or to change your environment is ridiculous to me, and then again, I agree there is a system in place, I truly believe that, I'm sorry, you couldn't, I've been through both sides, and you can't tell me that there's no system in play. I'm talking for everybody there. I'm not just saying it for just black men themselves. I'm saying it for everybody. I truly believe if you don't have any connections or a good setup in your life at the beginning, you are set up to fail. I truly believe that. That is the reality of living in the United States. You know, there is a system there. It doesn't matter your color. You aren't set up financially. You are finished. That's just the way it is. And I was very fortunate to put my own self into a good place and do what I needed to do in order to move up and survive so it's it's interesting man and this probably was a different podcast for you guys I know you guys was probably expecting something else but this is just stuff on my mind you know I'm always speaking on my thoughts and you know anything else going on and uh, I would definitely get into the uh, um, the aspect of the inflation and stuff I know like I said I know a lot of you guys out there are hurting right now um, like I said, if you guys make passive income, I know some guys did say they're digital nomads. They work for themselves or they work online. I recommend for you to get up and go travel somewhere else. You know, some, some tickets, dude, the fly down to drive down to Mexico is just a couple hours. Why not go and take the trip? Why not go and take the, the, the plunge into changing your life? I just don't understand, you know? Um, and like I said, it's, it's, I don't know, man. I just, I don't think in our near future as black men, I don't think there is going to be a positive future for us for a very long time. I truly believe that. I believe in the United States. I think as a community, we will be finished in the next like 20 to 40 years. I really truly believe that. I think at the rate we're going, we will not have a community there. That's just the reality. It's just, again, I'm a realist. I look at numbers and I see it for what it is. And if we don't change the way we are as people, we are about to be in a rude awakening when there is no more black community. It may be in the rest of the world and other countries, but it won't be in the United States. I'll tell you that. You know why? Because look at the population numbers by the day. They're going down. They're not going up. So I'm just saying, you know, it's not, and I'm just tired of it, man. I'm tired of seeing, you know, in an incarceration rate, man. Come on, man. Let's go back to that, too. Oh, man, I'll PS for that ass on that one. So the incarceration rate, man, I think is absolutely funny how most of the population of people incarcerated in the United States are black men. You know, and again, this just circles around to what I've been saying. 
you know, why is it that you have to go down a life of crime because you're of, of the environment? That doesn't mean anything. I came from the same shitty environment for two years that I lived in. And I didn't go down and go and rob somebody or freaking go do anything stupid. So why is it that we feel that this is the only path for us? That working some dead-end job at an airport or robbing people or dealing drugs or whatever the hell. Why is it that this is the only life for us? And it's not systematically designed. Is it systematically designed for us to fail? Absolutely. I know that. That's for anybody there. But what I'm saying is, is that should you go and run with it anyway because you have a hard journey ahead? No. You fight against it and you rise above it. That's all you do. You think that I let anything there stop me from being successful? No, I didn't. So what is stopping you as the individual from not pursuing a life of crime? Nothing. Again, you watch these movies, you watch this media, this brainwashed activity, and you run with it. Oh, man, I got to chase the bags. I got to chase the money. Okay, there's many other ways you can make money besides running towards crime. That's the first thing in your mind. You know what that's called? It's called cutting corners. That's called laziness. That's what that's called. And again, it's sad because, again, I think the media projects it so heavily to these kids that they think that's the way they need to go. Rather than them promoting power positive infused movies, you know, positive flowed movies, they'd rather show negativity, you know, which is okay. You know, I get for the drama and entertainment. Okay, then. But you need to understand these kids don't understand that. So when they watch these movies, they're like, oh man, I'm trying to be like that guy. I'm trying to be like that guy. So I got to do what he's doing. That's what people think. And then you wonder why you have a mass incarceration rate because this is the lifestyle they think of. And then when the parents aren't there to check them for it, what do you think is going to happen? They're going to go and do that lifestyle. I'm going to tell you, in my 26 years, I've never been incarcerated. I've never been locked up one time. I haven't got a speeding ticket, no tickets, no citations, nothing. I haven't even had cops stop me but one time in my life. And that was a, a conflict that occurred because of my dad at the time. My mom and dad were separated and the cops came. Besides that, I've never been in any type of trouble with the police, government, nothing. You know, and that goes to show that proves again to break that stereotype, that mold that we're just because I got tattoos that I'm incarcerated doesn't mean shit. You know, I like tattoos because I like tattoos. That's just the reason why I love my tattoos. I want more tattoos. I'm a tattoo guy. That's just the way it is. You know, it comes from the military anyway. But what I'm saying is, is that (laughs) if black people don't get their stuff together, man, I mean, they're just they're just going to continue to get locked up. The population is going to continue to drop and the community is going to continue to cease to exist. And when it happens, I, I just won't shed a tear, man, because, I mean, let's be real here. I mean, now, yes, there is a system now that is putting in place to take your ass out. And if you don't see it, more power to you. Why do you think that people kind of lose their minds when they see that you rise above all of that? They're like, oh, my gosh, this guy still went through all of that shit and he's still living well. He still rised above all of it. Nothing of that stopped him. And if more of these men would do that, I think there would be a less incarceration rate. And you know what that less incarceration rate would mean? How, you know, you need to understand prisons in the United States are a moneymaker. You know, they make money off of you going to jail there. Like they, they make a lot of money off of the prison business. So the more freaking black dudes they throw in jail, the better the money they make. They don't care. And we are about the dumbest ones out of everybody because we seem to be the only ones falling for that. While everybody else is like, eh, maybe a white guy in jail here and there, a Mexican dude or whatever. But we're like, yeah, let's not get into that because you know what? I realize going to jail that it's not worth it. You know, a lot of them start waking up. But it's like, it seems like when it comes to black folks, man, it's like you just don't see it, man. But again, I think it's, again, all by design. If 
you go back to the Tuskegee experiments, you understand. So again, break that mold, man. If you're one of the people listening, do something better with your life. You know, get up and read a book. Freaking learn about stocks trading. Learn about real estate. Learn about freaking how to live out abroad. Learn about other countries. Maybe you might go somewhere else. You know, if you have been convicted and tried and, you know, you're living a better life now, hey, I mean, good on you. Good on you for changing your life, man. I'm not, I wouldn't judge you anyway if you did time. I mean, everybody has their own story and problems and that's just the way it is, man. You know, as long as you reform yourself, I think that's all that matters. But yeah, man, hopefully you guys enjoy this podcast. I know it was left field. I know you guys wasn't expecting that one, but I had to get that stuff off my chest, man. I just, I really get tired of traveling places and, uh, you know, I deal with these types of issues. It just really irritates me because it's like, okay, bro, you know, I've been living on this earth for 26 years and I will tell you right now that I just, I had a, <laughs> I will never be anything you see in those movies. And I don't know why, why in 2022 we're still having these issues. I don't understand. You know, it's 2022, dude. I thought we'd have flying cars by now and <laughs> we're still driving whatever from the eighties and back. Right. So that's pretty funny, but Hopefully you guys enjoy this podcast. If you can't stay locked in, stay locked in. Peace out, guys. Coming at you guys from Zagreb, Croatia, as always. And I'll catch you guys next one, man. Peace.